Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Las Vegas, Nevada, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy. Morning. Morning. How is Sin City? Oh, it is. Uh, it's pretty good. You know, I've been keeping it very low key um, the first couple of days. I obviously arrived on Monday. What's it? We're now at Thursday. So, um it's been a lot of my my uh, my mom's coming to town today. Um, I think I told you I asked you if we could go a little earlier today. My mom lands about right around the time the show will end. Um, and my mom loves to gamble. Um, the, the Caesars Caesars, uh, the, the company, not the specific hotel, but Caesars, you know, I think they own nine hotels here. They. Uh, they're putting her up because she's a Caesars gambler in Atlantic City. So I, I knew I was in for probably some pregame, um, pre-show gambling, some post-show gambling uh, with my mom the rest of this weekend. So I figured uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'd keep it pretty low-key. I've hit the gym every day, and that was partially to work off the Danger Witches, which <laughs> I got to say. Need an update, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I... Again, and I feel lucky that it was one day of Danger Witches because it truly had a an effect on my body. I like my heart was racing. I felt like so something that's happened to me post knee injury is if I don't like eat fairly well and kind of keep active, if I drink too much or if I eat shitty food, whatever, my knee will get really uh, it'll, it'll be painful. And I found out from various people, including our friend, Eddie, if who I go on the road with a lot is like a lot of that is from inflammation. And I don't know if the date, I don't know what's in the danger, Witch, but apparently I wasn't like drinking a ton, uh, while I've been here, you know, I have, I have a couple of Miller lights during the show. Um, so I, I've been going to sleep early. I've been working out, but man, the knee pain, and I'm tr- I truly think it's just danger witch inflammation. So much sodium, so much like chemical nitrates. With like, I'll never eat Subway again. Like, I'll. There's been times in the past where, since I kind of rode off Subway forever, where you're like, I'm in this place. I stop at this rest stop or whatever. It's the only like I'll never eat Subway again. I will continue driving somewhere i'll drive to a new town if subway is the only option now do we have documentation of this i have to ask documentation of what like, me finishing all the danger witches if you even eating any oh uh, yeah i tweeted it at dirty sports i was literally crushing a danger wish before last episode i saw that i just i was wondering i, I just even if a visual you probably of you taking a bite and just seeing your face squirm we don't have yeah. that Yes, we do. We do? Yeah, we have a video. Last episode, I literally sent it at Dirty Sports. Not only did I do it, I did I did a Russell Wilson 
commercial impression in the thing. Dude, where what is going on with me? I was like, be careful. It's disgusting. Yeah. That's how I missed this. Yeah. So what was like like go first of me- all the Italian herbs and cheese bread? Oh, can, can I watch it real quick? Sure. I'll watch it real quick. We are halfway through one of three of today's danger witches. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Be careful. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> I okay, so I guess the, I guess the I Italian just... herb and cheese bread is like cardboard with fucking fake cheese on it. Like I'll give I'll give Subway credit for one thing over the years. The bread, and this might be due to the particles of yoga mat in it, has always been soft. The Italian yeah. herbs and cheese, not soft bread. No. It's like you could hear me like crunching it. Yeah. It was like I thought I was sure. eating the paper at one point. It's horrible. Like honestly, I already hated Subway. We've raged on Subway on this. And uh it's why the bet came up because of how much I dislike Subway. But this took it to a new level. But, like I now think Subway is like killing Americans. So like here's what I want to know from people who actually eat it. I mean, somebody started uh, and I don't know if this is just a troll account or they're just being serious, you know, somebody started an account on Twitter and they really don't really tweet about it, but basically they tweet at you and I or dirty sports every time they eat subway. I just want to know from someone who eats it. Why? Like, is the reason you don't have a Jersey Mike's or a Jimmy John's in your town? What's the reason why you would choose subway? Dude. I remember the first time I had subway in my life. I was probably 11 or 12 years old. And I remember my go-to back in the day was the cheesesteak. And it was like, fine. And then somewhere along the way, probably when like the explosion of locations and whatever, just the quality. Yeah. Such a massive downturn. And then, and then I would go in and I would, I would, I was like, Oh, I guess I should like try something else. I don't know. Maybe they switch steaks or something like that. And I mean, this is early on. I mean, I'm 14 or something like that. Yeah. And I remember being like, Oh no, I just think, I think maybe this place is just disgusting. Dude, I'll eat me. You remember when we were talking about, there was that McDonald's challenge, Pat McAfee did it. I would literally rather eat the McDonald's challenge. If if I woke up a random day and they were like, hey, for lunch today, you either have to do that McDonald's challenge where you eat like a, a deadly amount of McDonald's in one hour or have just like a Subway sandwich for lunch. I'd be like, give me that fucking McDonald's challenge every day. Yeah. And and by the way, McDonald's does horrible things to me, too. But I would rather eat a thousand like I would rather you tell me that for the rest of my life. And this is probably the case. You'll have one thousand like you know, double quarter pounders with cheese as opposed to one subway sandwich again. Well, like I used to, if you ever see me walking around with a subway sandwich, or if you ever see me at a subway, just know that I've been kidnapped and that this, that I'm being like, that somebody has me under a gun. So when I was a kid, 
Like I used to like it. So again, you're a kid. I remember if I to- tweet, I'm eating a subway sandwich. I'm in captivity. I'm being held in someone's fucking basement. You you want to hear something pretty gross though? So I used to like like it as a kid. I used to like the. You, you used know. to like it as an adult, dude. I had to break you out of it. I, I know. Hold on, hold on. We'll get to that. Like, and I know we talked about this last episode. I used to like the the spicy Italian, which is amazing. That's the danger witch. And then you do this. The, people are about to gag when they hear this. You know what I used to eat for a while? I'd like the uh, like the crab. You say like the, the tuna. The fake crab meat. <laughs> what? How, how gross is that? By the way, I like fake crab in general. Like I'll go to like a sushi restaurant and get that fake crab, which is not crab. Sure. And I, I like it, but like not from Subway, dude. I know. Well, yeah. When I lived in Venice, it was just like convenience. It was like, okay, there's a spot across. I mean, it, it's, I, I'm actually ashamed. I've done a lot of shameful things in my ashamed. life. I've done a lot. You of- should be ashamed because the th- what's funny is you had like a trifecta of convenience around your place. You had the place that that used to be be nice, Venice or whatever that became to- Tokoya, and you doxed them to the point where they almost closed. <laughs> Not the true. Ne- <laughs> the next, the next closest place was a pizza place that you tried to get shut down. And the third closest place was Subway that you ate at regularly. <laughs> first of all, first what of the all, fuck I'm, is wrong with you? I'm calling fake like news. People, people open mom and pop shops local no, to you, no, no. and they're like, "Fuck oh, them." Hold on, hold on. We went I'm into call- Tequila, and they were like, "Uh, yeah, here's your options." And you're like, "You don't have a tuna fucking footlong? Get the fuck out of Venice!" <laughs> I'm calling fake news on this. No, 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 no. First of all, that place, Venice, which was definitely selling drugs or doing something. They didn't have food past like noon. Okay. So, so don't, was, don't that, that was never open as long as I was there. I don't think. Yeah. Maybe so, in the first couple of years. So that throw that place out. Then a place opened up after there. Actually, you don't even know. Do you, do you remember that place before Tokaya so. Organica? No. It was like some trendy little restaurant. It didn't do well. I probably took it didn't a last couple, very long. No, probably took like a Tinder date there or something. And then, the pizza place, which you have agreed, you were on my team on this. I know, but I was on I was on your team. Like I was like, start at the other end of this ring, cancel Subway, then head to the pizza place. You're like, no, Subway is the place I go to recharge so I can go home and Yelp review local businesses to death. <laughs> I can't believe you know I was used to go to that Subway. Just sitting at home like that fucking video game guy from South Park with like two fucking footlongs being like, yeah, dear boss, we need to unite against <laughs> Tokoya Organica. If there's one thing that grosses me out, it's organic food. Hey, no, to be fair, they didn't have burritos. I don't know why you like you can't open. A Mexican I still I, I, I call bullshit on that. The I've called bullshit on that the whole time. I went there before you. They had a burrito. I went there. They, after they, did, they, had not. A burrito. they did not. I want to go to the archives. They did not have a burrito. And that's why I was so worked up. You got to have a burrito, your Mexican place. And, and after that, we all know how much did I give? How much money did I give that place? I gave T- Tokoyo Organica more money than any other restaurant in LA the last like three years I lived there. Tokoyo Organica, what is your reverse Russell Wilson? You were, you were so, you were so anti, and then you became such a Tokoyo slurper after you're Andy Andy. 
wearing a Chargers hoodie today for the show. Oh man, they just lost Andy. Well, what kind of bandy Andy is this, dude? I just throw on clothes. I like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't really care. You know, it's a comfy hoodie. They, we'll, we'll talk about them later in the show, but I, th- I think they're, they're such a debacle. What's going on down there? Oh yeah. But I actually want to talk a little non-NFL breaking news. That's great. Before we get into non-NFL, can I, grab, can I drop some plugs really quick? Yeah, go for it. First of all, first and most importantly, um, shout out to our boy, Nick D'Alessandro, who's responsible for the editing. Um, I just dropped a stand-up bit that I've been doing for a while. I, I was back and forth on whether or not I wanted to put it on social media, but it has finally arrived. Guys, I have put up why I hate Taylor Swift on TikTok. And I hope that you guys will watch it. And you know what? Here's the thing. Normally, it's like, watch it, like it, comment it on it. I, and all those things would be very appreciated if you could do that. Um, but the, but I, what I really want for you from you guys, after you like it and, and watch it and comment on it, is send it to your, send it to your favorite Swifty. Uh, because the truth of the matter is, even though it's a bit and it's called Why I Hate Taylor Swift, it's really Why I Hate Taylor Swift fans. And I think this bit could change the world for the better. Taylor Swift fans need to get their shit under control. Um, and this is a this is like a two and a half, three minute bit on why. So if you're on TikTok, give why I hate Taylor Swift a watch, a like, Can a I ask you comment, something? and send and send it to your favorite Swifty. So like the Taylor Swift fans, the Swifties, I feel like this is a rare group of fans that expands a large age base. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. So, like, what's the where where are we starting with this fan base? There, it's I know nothing uh, about it. The, uh, the, where are we starting? Meaning, like, like thirteen year old girls? Oh, I don't even know. I'm sure. I'm sure at this point, actually, I'm sure that there's young mothers who have been Taylor Swift fans since they were like teenagers who now have young daughters. I bet you there's four and five year old. Taylor Swift fans because they're second. We we probably now have second generation Swifties. And they're the most toxic fan base of anything. You think like I would I will say this. What about like because Taylor Swift you, fans are more toxic than Eagles fans? Wow. Yeah. But but you hear things like, for example, they always talk about Beyonce's fans, right? Like, yeah, don't mess with the beehive. Yeah. Like they're crazier. Yeah. So I put up a joke on TikTok a, f- a few weeks ago or a month ago or something like that for me on the golf course. I don't know if you saw that joke. I think I put it on Instagram as well. Basically, the joke is on my way out of to go play golf one day. My girlfriend was like, really golf again. It's so boring and repetitive and filled with mediocre white dudes. And I was like, that's really mean. But also when you describe it that way, so is Taylor Swift and you love her. And when I put that joke up on TikTok, every TikTok I put up after that has been flagged for community guidelines. Literally a one line joke about Taylor Swift has now made me a marked beast by Swifties. So I decided I was like, well, I could either bend to their will or I could put up a three minute bit just undressing them. This is if you remember the angry Eagles fan rant that I did on their way to the Super Bowl. This is the angry Taylor Swift fan rant equivalent. So God, I know nothing about her. Was Taylor Swift an American Idol? No. 
No. Okay. No. I'm looking at her Wikipedia. This shows how little I know Taylor about Taylor Swift. Swift. Um, is uh is got famous doing like poor country girl cosplay. Her father was actually a very wealthy Wall Street guy who moved her family to Pennsylvania. They they owned a Christmas tree farm, but really it was like a, you know, it's like when your family moves out to the country because you like need something to do. And then her father moved the whole family to Nashville and self-produced some fucking music for her. And then everybody asked, like she came at like she was like she was playing her guitar uh, on the railroad across America like a hobo. It's like, dude, your dad fucking paid for you to have a fucking career. So so that's the that's the legit backstory. That's the legit backstory. Interesting. I didn't know any yeah. of this. Yeah. So 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 I, I, I kind of knew only that, was she though. from Pennsylvania when she was doing like like when her when her country album came out fucking to start. But. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because I was always under the impression for some reason I thought American Idol, and I thought it was like, oh, girl with her guitar, big dreams, kind of like what apparently I've heard loosely again i don't know much that's all a lie yeah interesting and then every white girl in america is like we love taylor swift yeah because that she all she writes about is how her boyfriend you know is a piece of shit and all of them love to never look inward and only look outward about who's wrong in their relationships who are some of the big names that she's dated uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, um, J- Joe Jonas, uh, Harry Styles, John oh, so she's, Mayer. She's dated a lot. Uh, John Taylor Mayer? Lautner, I believe. Yeah. Oh, she messed around a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. How do you think she is in bed? I have no idea. I like honestly, I don't even want to think about it. My favorite thing, my favorite thing ever, is that Jesus and Mero, where they describe her as having a long back. That's my favorite clip ever. If you've ever seen the them doing it on on Fallon with uh with uh, what's her name? My favorite. Who's the South African tall girl? God, why am I blanking? Maybe maybe my favorite chick of all time. Actress, tall. Please Sh- on? Yeah. They're doing like a a match it game, you know, where you have to describe somebody. And one of them just goes, that chick with the long back. And the other guy's like, Taylor Swift. <laughs> and Charlize <she's> like, <laughs> is like, what does that even mean? That is How funny. do you even know? Yeah. So you're you're trying to take on a whole fan base. Well, so my thing, you and you've probably had this happen before. You ever do a Beyonce tweet and suddenly, you, oh, your thing was, remember when you did your Aaliyah? Yeah. Bit? The Aaliyah did, fans did, came after you. Did me. an Aaliyah bit, and like Aaliyah fans like lost their mind. If you ever write anything about Taylor Swift, they come. They come out like it's like it's like a cult. Yeah, it's like when you it's like going into a a dumpster at night and just it's just filled with raccoons. They're just like waiting for you. <laughs> so I've made a few like here and there jokes over the year, and it just loses. It's people just lose their mind. And I did this joke that I just put up on TikTok at a show recently, and a comedian went on after me and was so shook that she did five minutes on how I was a hack piece of shit woman hater. Like, whoa, whatever. hold on. I yeah, find this yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this. So, yeah, you make it. To, and I watched your bit. She she was bothered by that bit. Oh, to the point where she and went on. Also, stage. By, by the way, by the way, real quick. 
comedy etiquette. You don't go up and thrash a comic before you. That's that's not you imagine etiquette. going on after a comic and calling that comic a hack. That's what I'm saying. Fuck her. Seriously. Yeah. Where was this at? Was it the West comedy, Side comedy theater? Westside comedy theater. Oh, Westside comedy theater. Yeah. And then yelled and then yelled at me for 15 minutes after in the green room. And and I and and accused me at one point of hating all women. I was like, why do I hate all women? Because I hate one woman. Do I know this comic? Probably not. But you might. Who knows? I don't I never remember like who came through the hostel or whatever. But you know, typical like super liberal white woman. Of course. And I was like, do, do you hate Donald Trump? And she was like, Yeah. I was like, but you don't hate all men, right? It's like, no. And I was like, and I and I said to her, I said, I hate Donald Trump too. And I don't even hate Donald Trump for his, I don't hate Donald Trump for his politics. I hate Donald Trump because he's this he's a rich asshole who's the son of a rich asshole whose daddy gave him a bunch of money and he used that money to turn it into having a toxic fan base that go around doing horrible violent things in his name. And I was like, that's the same reason I hate Taylor Swift. Precisely the same reason. She probably didn't say anything to that. No, she was like, I bet you if I went up there and made fun of Bruce Springsteen, you'd lose your mind. I was like, dude, you can behead Bruce yeah. Springsteen on stage. I don't give a fuck. Dude, dude the, the idea- I went to a comedy show once and Adam Hunter called my mother a cunt. And I didn't, I wasn't as upset as this woman. It's unbelievable. It's the most toxic family. It's, it's, it's the Eagles fan. It's the female version of Eagles fans. Are you doing these bits right now while you're in Vegas? Oh, yeah. So that was the other half of the plugs. After you do that, and again, I want to repeat. I, I obviously I always want people to view these things, but I really want this to. Sh I really want you to share this with the Swifty in your life, your your wife, your girlfriend, your teenage daughter, your aunt, your mother, your mother. Send it to whoever in your life because this toxic fan base needs to have a mirror held up to their actions. So. After you like it and comment on it and watch it, uh, send it to your send it to your favorite Swifty. It's I'm at Joe Prano on TikTok. And then after that, come see me do it live. I'm at the Colomini Cellar in Vegas the rest of the weekend. Tonight's Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two shows every night. Next week, I'm at Wilmington, North Carolina, Dead Crow Comedy Club, Dead Crow Comedy Room. I'm sure there's a lot of Swifties there. This will be a triggering bit for the North Carolina Swifties and then uh, Sketchfest in San Francisco the 3rd and 4th of February and then on and on and on JoePrano.com for forward slash shows for all my dates do you think Taylor Swift will ever get married yeah probably think she'll have kids she strikes me as someone who wouldn't have kids She's she is a crazy cat lady Oh no, she's a cat yeah. lady. Carries around cats in a backpack and shit. For real? For real. Oh. I think I think my you, you know when you get out of the pool and you have shrinkage? Yeah. That's what just happened to me when you said that. Like the thought of her being a cat lady and carrying around cats just gave me shrinkage. Disgusting. But we all know my stance on cats. Not a fan. This this is kind of interesting to me, though. Like the, the, that you would stand so hard. And I, this is the thing. I didn't really even give a shit that much. But then once I did one or two things over the years and I got so much backlash. You know me, Andy. You know me. 
Yeah. Push it's, buttons. It's, it, it, well, but also it's just it it's essentially like Kirk Cousins, you know? If I say, hey, Kirk Cousins just like isn't good and will never win a Super Bowl because he just doesn't, he's not that guy. He doesn't have that dog in him. You know what I mean? And then you come out and you're like, what the fuck is your deal? He's the man. He look, he's 13 and four this year. He fucking he did. He's the he's, he's fifth in passer rating. Then I go, oh, oh, well, now, now you are my enemy. And now I'm going to do everything to ruin your life. You know what's wild, and I don't want to go down the Kirk Cousins rabbit hole again, but I just thought of it, not that it is a big deal. It's crazy to think he now has the same amount of playoff wins as Trevor Lawrence. And Daniel Jones. Yeah, and 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 I know, obviously, it's a team game, but when it comes to playoffs, that's that's pretty much how we judge quarterbacks. Did you see, the Shaq, did you see the Shaq tweet? I did. Can we talk about that? Yeah. I, I, my answer, I think, might surprise you. So, no, I don't know if it will. So, so a lot of dirt balls have DM me on this. So, for anybody who didn't see this, this was four days ago. And the caption says, four games to two, you already know who I'm with. Don't ask me. Also, who's guarding me? And it's a five on five. Yeah. So, Shaq is with. Larry Bird, yeah, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson. Yeah. So that so that's one five. Right. The other five is Steph Curry, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, and Giannis. Yeah. Now we might actually agree surprisingly on this. I think Shaq's team wins. I actually don't. You but, don't? No, I don't. But I here here's what I'll say. The, the the part of this tweet that I agree with. Who's who is guarding Shaq? Who's stopping? Who's Shaq? guarding me? That's that's actually like if this was tweeted by any other guy in the thing. I'm sure Larry Bird isn't on Twitter. Magic Johnson just tweets things like this would be a great game. So many great stars. <laughs> what an what an exceptional basketball game this would be. <laughs> um, Larry Bird, I don't even think has a computer. <laughs> Michael Jordan is try is trying to find a place to actually bet on this game. He's calling his bookie. He's like, "Yo, I want to put a million dollars on me and Shaq." Um, here's the thing: Shaq makes one good point in this, and it's well, who's guarding him. Yeah, who's guarding him? The only, the only reason that this is, and I, and I'm not being a dick here, and I know every, but I'm I'm being dead serious. And we have Jordan stands who listen and we have old school basketball heads and whatever. And I'm being hundred percent serious. This is not a troll. And as everybody knows, I respect Larry Bird is one of the most underrated players of all time. Magic Johnson. Incredible. Magic Johnson, probably the best point guard of all time. Still arguably um, Michael Jordan is the second best player ever. Kobe is an all time great, even though we truth about where he should stand you know, all time. The fact of the matter is without Shaq, if let's say, and and I'm talking about Akeem Olajuwon, who is in my top 10. Okay. I think Hakeem Olajuwon is one of the most underrated players of all time. If you put Hakeem Olajuwon in this, in place of Shaq, for nothing, you guys, for nothing, sweep, 
straight up fucking sweep. You, LeBron is going like you have shooters in Steph Curry. You've got LeBron. You've got shooters in Steph Curry and KD. LeBron can facilitate an offense and make like they they're they would never be able to defend the width of the floor that the the new guys would be able to play with LeBron running the point essentially with the, those two shooters and then Giannis and Embiid in the middle. You just wouldn't be able to guard like it would be four zero with Hakeem Olajuwon. Well, let's well, I let's truly believe that. Well, Hakeem's not on. That. Let's talk about who's on. I know, I, but I'm saying peak Shaq. Okay, so so, so Shaq who, is unguardable by anybody on that team. But but here here's where I want to take this. Like, who's guarding who? Who's guarding Shaq? Embiid, I assume. He gonna, he's going to dunk on Embiid all day. Like I, that's I'm, I mean, first of all, he's not going to dunk on Embiid all day, but he's going to put up fucking forty and twenty. Yeah, well, I mean, we've talked about people don't realize peak Shaq was arguably the most, as far as dominant. Yeah. You're not going to stop me player. I've seen in my lifetime, your lifetime. Yeah. Which is why it's actually now four two gentlemen's fucking sweep or whatever the fuck. Okay. Like four, four, two, it'd be four, two youngins, but only because Shaq's dominance. So we have, by the we, way, who's guarding Kevin Durant? Well, that's what I, that's what I want to go through each. Who's guarding Kevin Durant? Jordan? I don't know. Jordan's 6'6", six, six, dude. And not only is Jordan 6'6", six, six, Jordan didn't guard the best scorer on any team he ever fucking played against. See, th- this is where this is where the problem... I, I might have changed. Okay, this is where the problem is. Maybe, maybe I'm rethinking who wins. I, I was just in my head. I just kept thinking, Shaq's so dominant. Shaq's so dominant. The problem is, who is guarding... If Embiid and Shaq are guarding each other, yeah. So now who's guarding Giannis? Let's just go, let's go in order of like, let's go in order of like least like, let's just agree that Steph Curry, it really doesn't matter who's guarding Steph Curry. They're going to run him off a bunch of fucking screens and, and yeah. LeBron will be able to get him. And like Magic Johnson was a bad defender. Okay. A, 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 an average defender at best. So, so I assume it's magic. What are you doing with magic? Magic on LeBron. I, I don't know. Put magic on LeBron. This it's over. Here, here's probably your best bet. Okay, your best bet is probably uh, Shaq on Embiid. Like, yeah, dude, the old team has defensive problems. You, I guess you're putting, you're probably putting Magic on Durant and hoping. That they get into some like, I don't know, Twitter beef. You're putting Larry, who was a good defender, on LeBron. I mean, Jordan was a good defender too, but Jordan like just we get abused by LeBron. Kobe's got to guard Steph. Steph, yeah, that's it. That's your only hope. Kobe guards Steph. I guess you could go Michael on LeBron, but like, let's do it this way. Let's go Kobe on Steph, Michael on LeBron, Shaq on Embiid. Okay, well, well, here, here's the deal. LeBron, like, let's say, let's say Jordan's guarding LeBron. Yeah, LeBron has such a just physical advantage, purely yeah, based on not only weight but also a few inches, right? Like, you have a complete mismatch there physically. You also have you also have like 
I I believe that LeBron's team can win four two with LeBron scoring like eighteen a game. Now, what are the rules though? Are are they more of you know because obviously the rules have changed a lot. Well, hopefully the rules aren't the only. Hopefully the rules aren't the three point line. The only year Michael Jordan never made threes because then Steph Curry would have one thousand points a game. <laughs> You just have a massive defensive problem if you're the older guys. Because there's not a matchup where there's really not a matchup where somebody's not guarding Kevin Durant that has no business guarding Kevin Durant. Your your best bet is probably Bird on Durant. Yeah. And if Bird's on Durant and 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 Shaq's on Embiid, then who's on seven-foot-tall Giannis? Well, yeah, that's a problem. The, the the problem with the young team for the old team, you got three seven-footers, guys. Yeah, you have three seven-footers, six, nine, and Steph. The other team, you're two, besides Shaq, you have one seven-footer, and then the other two guys are like LeBron-ish heights, and then you go small. Like every single player on their on the on the youngins team is taller than everybody. Every single player besides Steph is taller than everybody on the other team besides Shaq. Yeah. And by the way, more skilled. Like, what are we talking about? It's only four two because Shaq has and 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 by the way, it I might mean, be mo- four. It might be four one because Jordan refuses to pass the ball to Shaq. The most skilled from the How old does Shaq team. Shaq even get the ball if if it's the only chance that the old team has is Magic facilitating Shaq, because if Magic lets Kobe or Michael get the ball, suddenly Shaq's just gonna be like, "What's happening? Why am I standing down here? I got Joel Embiid on me. It's not the son of Joel. It's Joel Embiid. Good Superman. Reference. I am the son of Joel. So so I'm Superman is what I'm saying." The most skilled on the old team is probably Larry Bird, correct? The most skilled? Like across the board as far as shooting ability. Do you, what do you think? As as yeah, I would say as I would say as far as full skill, full range. I, of, I would say Larry Bird, right? All the way around. Yeah. yeah. Kobe is a major liability, in my opinion. Major liability. Let me tell you, let me let's let's go to one here. Let me immediately improve this team. Okay. Magic Johnson at the one, Jordan at the two, right? You here's here's your two, here's the two quick trades. Sorry, Kobe, you, I'm a Kobe truther, but here's the two trades you could do immediately for same era ish guys and make it better. You go Magic at the one, Jordan at the two. You play Larry at the three, and you get Duncan at the four and Shaq at the five. You have a chance. Oh yeah. I like you the Duncan upgrade. You go Larry jo- Larry or Magic Johnson at one, Jordan at two. You go Pippen at three, Bird got, at four, Shaq at defender. five. You immediately have a better chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I just think it's such a mismatch defensively for the old team, the old guys versus the young guys. Like, how are you stopping them from scoring? The bottom line 
and this is kind of the conversation about the old NBA versus the new NBA. And I've seen the fucking George. I love George Carl, by the way, but like every old head, it doesn't matter how fucking smart you are as an old head. You'll always fall into like Jordan, 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 Jordan. Kevin yeah. Durant would score 60 points in the nineties per game, mostly because three guys would pass out immediately upon him walking in the gym because they would think he was an alien. <laughs> the, the, the matchup problem here. And, and you know me, I'm by no means like some sort of Kevin Durant Stan. Kevin Durant has his problems as well, but like Shaq's fucking Shaq is dominant. And it's why I give them half a chance, but he's going to be standing in the lane watching a guy who's the same height as him. Bang jumpers over guys three inches at best shorter than him the whole game. So you cannot underestimate. You talked about George Carl. You really can't underestimate the last dance, like the propaganda of the last dance. Cause here's why. So my nephew, I coach, right? He's a fifth grader. His, oh, we all we all saw your third grade basketball team on Twitter this week. Oh, those guys? How yeah. funny was that? That's wild. Whoever whoever that team was. That that little that little white kid, number one. Yeah. Flexing. No, but my nephew, my my sister-in-law loves Jordan and loved the last dance. Like loved it. My point is, my nephew's watched it a million times. And he is like fully convinced that Jordan's the goat. And, and I find it fascinating because I'll talk to him because I pick him up from school on Thursdays. So, right. So we have these conversations like his background on his phone is Jordan, it, which is, which I, again, I think is like interesting and it doesn't bother me, you know, a 11 year old boy who never saw Jordan play. And we'll have these conversations though. And it all goes back to the last dance. And obviously I'm not going to argue with an 11 year old, but you, I'll should. you should fix his life. But I'll pose questions to him, right? Because like he'll instantly go to rings and I'm like, okay. And then I instantly stump him and I'll be like, do you know who uh, Bill Russell is? Yeah. Like, what you yeah. should do. Uh, yeah. What you should do is be like, do you think Jim Luskatoff is twice as good as Michael Jordan? And I'll be like, who is that? And you'll be like a guy with 11 rings. But that's my point is the propaganda in the last dance is so strong that it's not he like jordan to his credit brilliantly now is expanding to people who never saw him the younger well, generation that, that, that was always the jordan propaganda the jordan propaganda was always so there you have this small subsection of people who watch basketball and know basketball and they are lebron people and then you have everybody who watches basketball but doesn't know basketball, people who casually watch basketball, women whose boyfriend or husband watches basketball, people who know nothing about basketball and just know people from television and whatever. And Jordan has a, a, a chokehold on all those people. And it's all fucking marketing. Sure. 100%. It's the same thing as if you went out on the street today. And you only focused on like, and and this is no, this is this isn't a dig on women. There obviously there are women sports fans and women football fans, but if you just picked random people in the street, and let's say you stuck to women, the same way as if you went to men and you were like, who's the best designer of all time? 
men would be like, uh, 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 Ralph Lauren. You know what I mean? They don't know. They don't yeah. have to fucking go deep. You know what I mean? But if you, if you went to women and you were like, if you just, if you pulled a hundred American women, who's the greatest NFL player ever, they'd all say Tom Brady. Cause all they know is like, everybody just says he's the goat. He has the most Super Bowls, right? They all just watch the Super Bowl. And so you're like, oh, I've seen Tom Brady win like seven Super Bowls in my lifetime. Isn't that all that fucking matters? And it's like, not really. It, it, it's just, look, I'll just say this, and this will segue to discussing LeBron crossing 38,000 points, which he did in the last week. Look, I don't care if you think Jordan's the best. That's fine. Like, you can think what you want. It's just tough to counter when I look and say, this guy, all the team accomplishments, all the individual accomplishments. He is in his 20th season. It doesn't get hyped up enough. He's averaging 30 points a game, eight rebounds, seven assists, shooting 50% from the field in his 20th season. I just don't like, like comprehend that anyone listen. That's inconceivable to think that someone's doing this. I, oh, my thing is always give me a measurable reason. Jordan is the goat. And we can have a discussion, but, and this is, you know, this is something we've gone through in the history of dirty sports going back, but like killer instinct, isn't measurable. Competitive fire isn't measurable, all that shit. And if you're saying rings, well then why isn't Kareem? Why isn't Bill Russell? Why isn't Jordan is tied for 10th all time in rings. Yeah. So if that's all we're talking about, then what the fuck are we talking about? And by the way, again, the ring thing is an argument. And For I sure. agree. And I agree. I have always agreed. Michael Jordan is actually better than Bill Russell. I believe Michael Jordan is better than Bill Russell, even though Michael Jordan has just under just over half as many rings because the game changed. And it's obviously much harder as you know, the competition gets expanded across the world and every team gets better. And you don't, you know, it's not just about one city or big cities. Like you go back to those games of black and white. It was the same thing. Of course it's Boston and New York and whatever, because those are the big cities and that's where they have the most money and that's where they have the most scouts. And you don't, you know, there wasn't all these teams to draft people. And so, Michael Jordan having just one more than half of, of Bill Russell, of course. And the same thing goes on. The 90s, the expansion of the league, and yet not the expansion of the talent pool that you had when it all when we have all these players from Europe and, and Asia and Africa and all these guys that are in the league now. The league expanded. It was the most watered down the league ever was. So then when you raise the talent pool like you did with LeBron and he has just over half as many as Jordan, it should be the same absolute thing. The way that you're judging Jordan against Russell is the way you should judge LeBron against Jordan. Yeah, for sure. And also, again, I, I think it, it's underplayed, underappreciated that he's going to be the scoring king. I just, here's all I'm going to say as just someone as, as a casual observer, whatever you want to call, you know, we're all in a sense, casual observers. 
the Kareem thing was so big, at least for me growing up. Like you heard it all the time. Oh, Kareem has the most points. Kareem has the most points. Kareem has the most points. I feel it's gone the other way. Now that LeBron's going to have the most points, nobody cares. Right. I mean, people care. It's just you're, we have, again, the, the Michael Jordan Nike marketing thing was one of the greatest. I mean, to this day, he's selling sneakers. It's one of the greatest. It's beyond I mean, sports, it, Joe. Like, like, like it's that's way beyond sports. That marketing is one of the best marketing campaigns in the history of the world. Absolutely. It changed shoes. It changed fashion. Changed, it changed everything. Branding. Yeah. But that's what it is. You know, Kanye is not the greatest rapper of all time because of Yeezys. Unfortunately, that's what you guys think about basketball. You don't realize it, but that's what's happened to you. Yeah. You know what is the greatest of all time? Miller Lite. That is oh, the you don't true. You have to tell me. The true goat beer. And I know with your mother coming in town, you're going to buy your mom a couple of Miller Lights. I probably will, although I don't have to, because let me tell you, let me tell you one thing. This is, the, this is easily. No doubt about it. Easily the best thing about coming to perform at the Comedy Cellar in Vegas. They have Miller Lights. They have Miller Lights in the cooler, in the green room, in cans. They have Miller Lights in bottles behind the bar at the Comedy Cellar. And the, the, the duo, the, the, the magic bird duo of bartenders behind the bar at the comedy cellar. I walk in, I might have to do a video of it tonight. It's my favorite bar. I'm, I might have to video me. I walk in, I just walk up, they hand me a, a bottle of Miller light. It's so glorious just to walk on stage every night. You know, I've worked a lot of clubs in a lot of cities and not every place even offers a Miller light. And some places don't like it when you bring your own. Um, I, I have Miller light on my rider. Uh, but you can't always get it. The idea that I take the stage every night at the comedy cellar in Las Vegas with a bottle of Miller Lite in my hand, it just makes me feel so good. And then when I, I was playing a little blackjack last night, the, the, the waitress comes around. What can I get? You? Miller Lite. The best part about Vegas, free Miller Lights. Yeah. Well, if you guys need to pick up some, get on that right now. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. And this is how you can do that. Go to MillerLight.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up Miller Light pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. What time are your shows during the during the night? Seven o'clock and nine thirty. Okay, so not. Not too late for you then. No. That's pretty good. Yeah. What what are what are your what are your other what are like what are your eating options at, at the Rio? Um, there's a few different eating options. So this weekend, what I'm excited <laughs> about is there's a uh there's a Guy Fieri restaurant, but it's only open Friday, Saturday. Okay. So I'm gonna go over to Flavor Town at some point. Do they Here's still have that seafood buffet? To get rid at of the it. Rio? Yeah. I think the buffet's been COVID closed. Ah, COVID What's amazing casualty. is, is everything, the kind of like the multiple things that the Rio was known for, 
it, uh, are are gone now. The buffet, everybody talks about the buffet. The buffet is gone. They had a great seafood buffet. Yeah. And um, the there was a rooftop bar, apparently. It's gone? Gone. Oh, man. And I, I, for all the poker heads out there who remember, the World, World Series, Series of, of poker. poker used to be on at the Rio and used to be on ESPN and all that. Yeah. They, they don't even have, they don't even have an open poker room. Man. Unbelievable. Lots changed. So here's something funny. Are My you in a tent? Like where, where are you sleeping? My mom's. I don't want to trash the Rio too much, but there are blood stains on my floor, um, <laughs> and my bed's at about a fifteen degree angle left to right. Um, I don't want to trash them too much, but I'm going to. Yeah. So my mom is coming to town. You're she's, like, there's a dead hooker in my closet, but you know, she's, she's a. Uh, my mom's a, a Caesar's VIP, so they gave her. Um, they gave her. A choice of hotels and she decided to stay at the paris that's what you're saying yeah um i guess she stayed there before staying in paris but here's really funny i think this is where we might end up having at least one meal probably maybe late lunch early dinner tomorrow um before my shows but you know what's what's so funny is we've all heard this about vegas like you you know you you can go all these places in the world or you can go to just go to vegas why go to Paris when you can go to the Paris and Vegas? Why go to Venice when you can go to the Venetian? Why go to New York, New York? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like every Paris has everything in the world. Here's the funniest thing ever. Pair uh Vegas now all the places in the world, they also now have my literal hometown. Martha Stewart's The Bedford is at the Paris Hotel. There is a Martha Stewart who is from whose house is like half a mile from where I grew up. She has a a farmhouse themed restaurant that is literally named after my hometown. Shut up. Yeah. So I'm like, do I take my mom to the Bedford just to see her like flip out about fucking Martha Stewart? Like, what do they serve there? Oh, it's like, far, you know, farmhousey shit, like a burger, steaks, like fucking, you know, caviar, like. Farm to table dining, a roast chicken with, you know, fingerling potatoes. That's funny, man. Yeah, they'll, they'll do it all there. Yeah. Like, but this is how this is how we, we've gone from it being Paris, New York, whatever. Soon, literally everybody will have be able to visit their hometown in Vegas. There's the Venetian and soon there will be the Venetian, which is Venice Beach. Just homeless guys shooting up heroin. Yeah, yeah. Where you get a slice of pizza. There's a dog just eating. <laughs> eating pizza on the street. <laughs> Leftover pizza, half-eaten pizza. When 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 uh, Randy Ruther hits the Mega Millions, there'll be a Who Day hotel and casino where you can eat <laughs> Gold Star and... How was we didn't talk about this? Weren't you or no, you were in you were in Vegas. You weren't with Randy on Sunday or were you with Randy on Sunday night? I wasn't with Randy on Sunday. So what happened on Sunday and I thought Randy was going to be very upset with me. But I, after I finally messaged him, he wrote me back and he said, I love you. Um, and that made me feel great. Um, so on Sunday, I watched the Giants game at home. 
Um, and then I had plans to swing by Randy Ruther's Bengals tailgate watch or Bengals watch party. But then I got booked on a seven o'clock show at Westside. So the game started at 515. So my plan was instead of popping by before I'll go, I'll try to get up early at the West side and I'll go catch the end of the party. And you were held uh, hostage by a Swifty in the green room. Exactly. So I was held hostage. By the time I left there, the game was over. And then I was like, I could go pop in because I'm sure he's celebrating. I'm sure he's doused in chili and he's drinking Miller lights. But um, then, of course, I had to get up the next morning and come here. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to I'm going to play it safe, go home and uh, get ready and pack and go to Vegas. So I was a, I was a Gold Stars corporate headquarters this week and for the first time i went back into their it's connected to their warehouse like it's all connected corporate and then the warehouse and you know full scale where they, where they make food where they decide how like stuff they're going to add to the menu all that stuff it's just it's it's like a huge complex right so i was in the warehouse and i thought of him because like they're head of marketing she takes me back and she's like you want some swag and i sent you guys some pictures and she's giving me all this like gold star Bengals swag. And I just thought the thought of Randy walking in this, it, it, it'd be like, you know, just the gates from heaven opening up, like seeing him walk in there and just, I mean, you know, I'm talking like a, a Costco size warehouse. You can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Obviously it's all their product, but then also whatever they have that they're sending out to 60 plus restaurants. And I just couldn't stop laughing thinking of him just just diving in these boxes full of just everything that's bengalified. I mean, he gets turned. Yeah. I, I, was, I was I was I was exchanging texts the other day with Randy because he was very upset that we called him out about the Herbert Burrow thing and uh, oh, he blah, was? Blah, blah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very upset. And I, I think he was actually planning an attack on you when you decide when you sent him a thing saying you like got him gold star stuff. I think he put away his weapons. Um <laughs> but yeah, he was very upset. And I was I was texting back and forth with them. And you know, I, I was trying to I was trying to be reasonable. And basically all I said, and we'll talk this is this will be a good transition into the Chargers conversation. Perfect. But I said, um, I said, listen, I think Burrow's better than Herbert. I do. Me but too. The, but the argument isn't this this comeback loss, and also the argument isn't uh, team success. Like te- team success for me is not. It's part of it for sure. But the fact that Burrow made a Super Bowl, he was like, the, he's like, it, the conversation's over. Because of last year, I was like, the conversation's over because he made it to a Super Bowl and lost. And I and I what I posed to him was I actually and this is true. I think Burrow's better than Josh Allen. And I agree, too. And if Josh Allen beats Burrow this weekend, that doesn't change my mind. Yeah. No, I, I agree on both. Like, if you ask me right now. I've got Burrow three overall. Three. I've got D- Dimes, Mahomes, Burrow. You're unbelievable. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Mahomes and Burrow, like that's where I'm at. And, and and right now, heading into that game, and we'll obviously get to that game. Like, I agree with you. I, I have I have Burrow ahead of Allen, but I want to go back to Herbert, like you said, in the Chargers. 
The Chargers are just a clown organization. They're run by idiots, coached by an idiot. And the fact that they fired the offensive coordinator and kept Brandon Staley. They should have fired the offense coordinator and and they should have fired Staley. What bothered me most about this is Staley's quote. Because it's it's cocky to me when he's acting like he didn't think his job was under like there was no chance. So he was asked if he ever felt his job was in danger, and he just said no. I have confidence that things we're doing here, we've been able to accomplish. Dude, you haven't accomplished anything. You've accomplished nothing. You made the playoffs. Big fucking deal. Because the, when- the yeah, the issue with Staley is is very simple. It's like, listen, yes, you should fire your offense coordinator, right? Because, and I've said this all along, and I and and you know what? There, I I honestly wish, like, God damn it, I wish I could just be a fucking NFL consultant because I see th- there's like certain things about teams I see, and I'm just like, why? Who is not telling anybody? It's like, for God's sakes, I wish the Giants would let me talk to them. It's like I have, I I see a third down strategy for the Eagles that like th- apparently the Giants miss because every week they play them, it fucking happens, and they don't do anything, but. What Herbert has that no one else has that is indefensible is the ability to throw driving middle of the field crossing patterns, 17, 18, 20, 25 yard ends like that's and and Mahomes has that. But Herbert has that to a degree even Mahomes doesn't have and they never do it. And whatever they do it, it's huge chunk plays. Um. So, of course, they should fire their offense coordinator. And, of course, Brandon Staley is a defensive coordinator prior to being a head coach. So he's going to build a defensive team. But he's not. But see, but see, this is where I want to hop in. He's a defensive coordinator. You blew a 27-point lead. That was where I was going. But forget the 20, forget the defense in regard to the 27-point lead. When you become the head coach, Part of it, unless you're that guy who's like, I'm going to keep calling the offense plays or I'm going to keep calling the defensive plays, whatever. First of all, you have to put together a good enough coaching staff where if you get to a, a game or a situation or whatever, where you go, listen, I'm just going to focus on game. Brandon Staley should be fired because he blew a 27 point lead because he doesn't even know how to manage clock in the NFL. You don't have to tell your offensive coordinator what plays to call. You just have to tell him, hey, we're up 27 points at the half. We've got to run the ball in the second half. We've got to take the clock down to zero before every snap. We've got to do all these things. You, you want to run passing plays every once in a while when they're not going to see it coming? Go for it. But as the head coach of this football team, I'm not telling you what to call and what not to call. But what we have to do in this second half is run this fucking clock. We've got a lead. There's, if you go to our fucking per- chances of winning, it's 98% right now because basically the probability is unless unless we fucking actively don't run clock, we're going to win this game. And your strategy for your defense coordinator has got to be like, listen, do whatever the fuck you want to do, but we can't just go into prevent right now and give the game away a, a, a touchdown at a time. And the other part about Brandon Staley and fired is how many times, first of all, over his 
what is it, three years, that you've blown games with horrible fourth down calls or yeah. horrible not not punt. So it's like, only two years, but still. Yeah. So you're that those are literally challenges, fourth down calls, game clock management. That's your job as a head coach. Yeah, hundred percent. And 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 again, like, uh, what was I saying after the whole Lions thing? And my my line is expect more. Like expect more. Like you you are that roster, and I know they were just nailed by injuries. That roster is a Super Bowl roster, making uh, as in making a Super Bowl. They could win too. But you like, know what though? Here's the other fucking thing. When you say, "Oh, nailed by injuries," I don't know if this is a New York Giants like organizational strategy historically, but it really feels like it is because what happened with Dable this year is something that happened so many times during Coughlin and happened a ton with Bill Parcells, and it it must just be. The Giants and the Mara family have been doing this for such a long time that they see it. The, the amount of times, I mean, think about the Eli Manning, nine and seven teams, 10 and six teams, where they're like, we've got a bunch of injuries, but we're not going to force guys back early and we're not going to be whatever. Or that, because the name of the game is, get first, you got to make it to the playoffs. And second, you've got to be healthy once you get there. Yeah. In both Super Bowl runs with Eli Manning, decimated by injuries at points and then like a fucking cat in the poster. I'm they were hanging on and then they got in. They were healthy. If you look at the giants last week, they sat guys in that week 18 game, their injury report going into the Minnesota game was empty. No guys questionable, no guys probable, no guys out. Their injury report was empty. Empty. Brandon Staley Mike got his second best receiver hurt in a game that didn't matter. Proceeding. No. You should be fine. He, what he did by playing Mike Williams after they locked up the five seed, you should be fired alone for that. You're an idiot. You're just an idiot. There's no logical explanation of that. None at all. This is where it's so confusing as an organization, or if you're a Chargers fan, right? You get Khalil Mack. You get all these pieces. You solidify the defense. But you keep this guy. Like, to me, that, that those are contradicting, right? You're keeping the guy who makes just dumb after dumb decision while you have Justin Herbert on a rookie deal. Dude, he was drafted the same year as Herb or as uh, Burrow. Yeah, that's four, Burrow already has four playoff wins. How, yeah. how long before Herbert has four playoff wins? But that's why, also, you know, and I was I was telling Randy this the other day. I was like, "You guys love to trash Zach Zach Taylor." It's not even on the, they're not even the same world. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. I I fully agree. I, Zach Taylor is nowhere near Brandon Staley. I said that at one point. I I that's not true. I, I totally agree. And that's like, a huge thing. Is is the strat like you know? Uh, Justin was saying Joe Burrow never blows that game, and it's like that's not on the fucking quarterback. Also, last year in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes blew, blew a twenty-one-three lead to the Bengals. You know, 
That's not on Patrick Mahomes. You know how many, you know, how historically. I do, I, over- I do think Justin or Joe Burrow doesn't blow that game. But it's, it, it does, it's, unless you're saying at this point in his career, Joe Burrow already has a relationship with Zach Taylor where Joe Burrow can just audible to runs for the second half of the game. Because obviously, I think the offense, he might. The offensive coordinator, <laughs> uh, obviously, the offense coordinator is calling passing plays. Yeah, I I just think I think it's such a, a mess of. I don't think people realize how big of a mess it is up there. Right. By the way, the ratings were killer last week. Yeah. That was the least viewed game. 21.8 million. Your Giants Vikings game had the highest views. 30, 33 million. I mean, listen, to this people don't realize like NFL just dominates. Niners Seahawks, 27 million. Chargers Jags, 21 million. Bills Dolphins, almost 31 million. Vikings Giants, 33 million. Bengals Ravens, over 28 million. Bucks Cowboys, over 30 million. Plus an additional 1.7 million. On the By main. the way, I saw you put that in the rundown. I did a quick, brief look at the rundown, and I saw those numbers. I gotta say, I think that I think the saddest state of affairs in maybe the world right now, besides Subway existing and Taylor Swift being the number one artist on the planet, the, like 20 times the amount of people I know. watch the regular Monday Night Football broadcast over Eli and Peyton. I know. Think about that. I I just don't get it. Anyone out there who does They're not They're on like, ESPN too. It's not like this is rabble or the, whatever. Yeah, this is had, one it's one channel up. They had Dion like the full the whole first half. Dion was amazing, I thought. The whole first half. If you're not watching Eli and Peyton, I, I just I I just don't get it. The comedy, the insight. The reactions. Hey, Manning's reaction to the kicker. I, at one point, I thought Brett Maher was uh, trolling Peyton. When he missed the fourth one, I was like, oh, he's just fucking with Peyton at this point. Yeah. This is the great. It's a great podcast. Uh, it's not a podcast. It's, just a, it's a great production. Yeah. I, I don't get it, man. Only 1.7 million are watching that compared to over 30 million. How punchable is the Jones family? Every time they go to the, they show them. Yeah. Like every single one of them looks like a frat kid from an 80s movie. Like they're going to bully you or say something racist, which they probably do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like every time they, they pan and they show the Jones family, you're just like, look at these little shits. Should be a good week of games. I'm excited. I saw they're doing a bunch of games overseas, and I'll and I'll say this before we get to the preview. They just announced today. I don't know if you saw this. They're gonna do five games overseas. Yeah. Next year. Where are they? Three in London and two in Germany, or no, one in Germany. But here, here's here's what I, here's what I hate. They're sending over a lot of teams with good fan bases. The Bills are losing a home game. The Chiefs are losing a home game. The Patriots are losing a home game. 
They're trying to expand. And then the Titans and Jags. But like, come on, like, especially Bills and Chiefs, those are two great supportive fan bases that are just loved in their city. And yeah, you're right. And they're just they're just gonna take away a home game from those cities. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what to make of this week's game, Joe. It's gonna you be tough. Don't know what to make. Like, yeah, I, I think I think this is an interesting week if you look at these matchups. Because part of me thinks these spreads are too big. The other part of me thinks they're probably maybe accurate. Your your Giants are a difficult pick for me. Not that we're doing yeah. picks, but I just I, I don't I don't know what to make of the Giants. Because you guys, what teams have you guys beaten with a winning record? Um, Out of the Vikings. Well, they beat the Titans. Not a problem. Right? Uh, they beat the... No, but I mean finished with a winning record. Well, the Titans finished with a winning record, didn't they, or no? They're 7-10. and 10. No. Um, let's see. I, I, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know. Uh, let's see. So here's the Giants wins over the year, over the year. Well, the Jaguars. Okay. There's one. Um, the Packers didn't finish with a winning record, right? They finished eight, nine, uh, the Ravens, the Jaguars, the, that's, that might be it. The Ravens and the Jaguars. Do you, do you follow Ben Baldwin? I do not. So Tug is big on him. Okay. And, and the other reason, he, like, I think he's a Giants fan. He writes for the Athletic. Okay. So, so he tweeted this. It's almost like he he's obviously taking a dig at at his team, which he's a Giants guy. Right. Tennessee missed a forty-seven yard game-winning field goal as time expired. Beat Carolina on the fifty-six yard game field goal. Beat Green Bay by five. Beat Baltimore by four after muff snap. Which then followed an INT. Stopped Kirk at one yard line. Stopped Kirk at one yard line to beat the Jags by six. Washington was tied. Then there was a terrible call. Like three wins versus teams in the picking of the top four. So he's like making all these reasons why he, I think he thinks the Giants are going to get blown out. Okay. By the way, you heard me last week. How confident was I in the Vikings game? You're pretty confident. Yeah. I'm not confident that the Giants win this week, but I don't think they're getting blown out. And I don't think they're getting blown out for a couple of reasons. One, like we talked about with the Chargers, the Giants have have worked to get healthy. The The Giants are a different team when Saquon Barkley is healthy. They have been the, enti- the entire time Saquon Barkley has been a Giant. People go, oh, the Giants team had a little winning streak this season and this ain't. Oh, oh when Saquon Barkley was healthy? Giants went into the Superdome and beat the Saints. Oh, when Saquon Barkley was healthy. Giants are looking really good at the beginning of the Giants season. Giants are looking really good at the end of the Giants season. Oh, when Saquon Barkley was healthy, then he got hurt, and then he got healthy again. They're a totally different team when Saquon Barkley is healthy. The other thing is the Giants, Isaiah Hodgins, they picked up Isaiah Hodgins like six weeks ago from the Buffalo practice squad. He's now their number one receiver. I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that has still no legit receiving core, 
but a receiving core that has become the guys that he's comfortable with in the last two months. Isaiah Hodgins, Bellinger was out with an eye injury. Now he's back. Richard James has finally found like some, some sort of confidence. Slayton is some sort of like, these are not great receivers, but at least they're guys he now has reps with. Thibodeau was hurt for a lot of the year and on a snap count limit. Now he's a game wrecker. Jackson's back. McKinney's back. Also, take all everything that's gone right with the Giants, and also you have an Eagles team that started so hot, has a quarterback that over the last two months has played how many games? Two. Hurts a quarter back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like yeah, so how he's many played games? two. Yeah. Oh, you said two. I thought you said who. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like over the last two months, and and so you have how hurt is he really? I still say I think that there because remember there was a secret report that came out originally that like oh he broke he's fucking dislocated his shoulder or blah 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 blah, and then oh no it's not that bad, um, and then also just like rust for me, I I just think it's a combination of confidence rust. The Giants getting healthy. I think the Eagles are the better team. I think there's four guys on the Giants who maybe start on the Eagles. Four guys, you know, Saquon probably starts on the Eagles. Dexter Lawrence probably starts on the Eagles. You know, um, Andrew Thomas probably starts on the Eagles. You know, that you were talking about three or four guys on the team. They even fucking start on their team. Of course, their roster is better, but. The idea that in everything that we've seen in the football games in the playoffs, or like the idea that the Eagles come out and just beat the shit out of the Giants. And why? Because it's in Philly. Guys, look at Philly over the fucking years, especially over the last, I don't know, 10 years. The Eagles don't exactly have some fucking crazy home field advantage. I keep seeing these tweets. Oh, the NFL, what were you thinking? Give us an 8.15 Eastern start. That's going to give us 12 hours of drinking. Actually, it's going to give you seven hours of drinking and four hours of sleeping in a Wawa parking lot and then another hour getting up and getting yourself together to go to the game. If I know anything about Eagles fans, you're all going to need nap and a water by 4 p.m. So you think I, the Giants cover the spread? Seven and I think a half? the Giants cover the spread. I think it's a good game. I, I want to see a good game. I, I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I think this is one of those games where it's important for the Giants to start. You know, I, they can't go down like 14 or three or something. I'll, I'll tell you what, dude. Like they can't be giving up touchdowns right away. Here's the other thing that makes me feel like this team has turned the corner. I'm not talking about last year or two years ago or Joe judge or Patrick. I'm talking about the Dable giants. Even as, even as recently as the middle, the late part, like we're talking week 12, week 13, that Minnesota game last week, Minnesota has a first drive, march down the field and score. I mean, six weeks ago that that game's over for this giants team. This giants team, even going Touchdown reply, three and out, touchdown reply is them turning the corner. 
Daniel Jones is not going to have the time that he had against Minnesota. He's not going to be able to carve them up. The Eagles defense is so much better. But I just think that they're playing with confidence. And I think it's going to be a dogfight. And I think it's down the stretch is going to be a game that you are like, well, at least we got a good football game. And to me, that's it. Like I said, a Giants, one playoff win this year is a, a, a victory for us. If we have then a second playoff game on the road and you play a good close game against the number one seed coming off a bye, that's it. Then I go into next year feeling fucking fantastic. So do I think do I think we can win the game? Yes. Sure. Do I think I, we will win the game. Probably not. Anybody can win any game. I want to see a good game. I like upsets. I want to see upsets. I'll be rooting for the Giants. I don't think they cover the spread. I think I think this game could they'll hang around and then I see it as a second half where it kind of gets a little out of control where they're down 13 points heading into the fourth quarter. And it's just tough for them to, to climb back. I just don't personally, I don't think like you said, the weapon situation, I just don't think they have enough offensive firepower. I'm really, I really think it's a combination. The reason I'm, I'm confident in their ability to win and their ability to cover is I also think it's a combination of the confidence they're playing with. And the fact that the Eagles like, you know, the Eagles down the stretch, it's been dicey. You've had no hurts. There's this rust. Like of all the teams to have the buy, you know, we've how many times have we talked about is the buy good or is the buy bad? True. The, the buy is like, a thing. It's like if the Eagles had gone into the playoff just cruisy, cruisy, then oh, I'm I'm not like it, then the buy gives me less confidence as a Giants fan. But the Eagles backing into the playoffs with a couple Gardner Minshew losses, then like a weird game where they struggled a little bit defensively against fucking Davis. Like who, who, I, I forget who our fucking third stringer is. We didn't even play Tyrod Taylor against them a, against Davis Webb. Like a weird defensive struggle of a game. Joe for Webb. Them. No, Davis Webb. Who's Joe Webb? Joe Webb used to be the guy on the the Vikings. Okay. Um, to me, of all the teams that got like, I wouldn't, as an Eagles fan, if I was a truth, if I was an honest Eagles fan, I I know there are none of those. Um, if I was an honest Eagles fan, I, I'm not sure I'd want to have the buy, considering the way they dealt with the end of the season from injury to struggles, like whatever, like, I don't know if I want that. So also third, third time they're playing. Yeah, no, for sure. So I'm pulling up prize picks right now. I always like to look at the combined rushing and receiving yards for your boy, Saquon. Also, this could be Saquon scored twice in the, in that sure Minnesota game, but that was the Danny dimes game, right? For sure. And it this seems... could be the Saquon game. This could be the Saquon game. So Dirtballs, if you're looking to make some plays, head on over to Prize Picks and download it today and play Daily Fantasy Sports with us. Make sure to use promo code DIRTY when you sign up. All first-time users that deposit and use promo code DIRTY will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. 
So if you deposit 100 bucks, prize picks will give you 100 bucks. Now, Saquon over right now, the current projections, 98 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards. Conversely, Miles Sanders for the Eagles has 74 and a half rushing and receiving yards. 98 and a half is pretty high. Yeah, I agree. But this could be the Saquon game. I almost, dare I say, I I don't want to give Brian Dable too much credit. I've given him the most credit in the world. He's just been so great. It feels that that is what gives me so much happiness going into this offseason. I think we might have a coach for the next 15 years. You know, we might have our new fucking guy. We might have our Belichick. We might have our whatever. We're already we're already at the point where both coordinators are going to interview for jobs after these. And this just might be a thing where it's on and on. That's what gives me that. I don't want to give him too much credit, but was but was the Vikings game a setup game? Was that the Danny Dimes? Was that the Danny Dimes? You remember when fucking Sugar Ray used to do the fucking wind up with this hand and hit you with the other one? Was it was that Vikings game just a Danny Dimes setup? Not not go too much. Is this where now they're spying Danny Dimes and this is the Barkley game? Is this the Saquon game where 98 and a half we're, we're wondering how we didn't go more than at halftime and it goes for 175 combined? You want to hear an Andy Ruther prediction? Yeah. Two turnovers by Daniel Jones. I love, I love the Andy Ruther predicts. You heard it here first, Dirty Sports. Two turnovers by Danny Dimes. Whether that's two interceptions, interception of fumble, I don't know. I'm predicting. Two turnovers, Danny Dimes. Let's fucking go. So the first game, that's the primetime game, sorry. The first game you got Jags. Jags Chiefs. And again, this is like the Chiefs are big eight and a half point favorites. They're coming off a bye. The Jags, the miraculous comeback. Is this game a blowout? No. Backdoor Trevor. Not our old intern. Backdoor Trevor Lawrence. So you think they keep it relatively within striking distance? I think the whole game we're talking about, oh, and then now the now the the Chiefs have kicked a field goal to once again make it a two-score game. I just think it's that constant nine and it's ten. And it's 11, but now there's a field goal and it's back to eight. And well, if they come down here and they get this, it's a two point conversion, but they don't, they kick it's five. The chiefs come back and get a touchdown. It's 12. I think it's a classic. The chiefs are a touchdown and a touchdown plus up from the half on. And then we get a late thing. We get a, we get a late field goal or a late touchdown that closes the gap to eight or closes the gap to six or closes the gap to whatever. And now the Jags have one last shot if they could just stop and they don't. And yeah, I just think it's a, I just think it's a real backdoor cover situation. So the chiefs are the overwhelming favorite again, the Vegas odds on favorite to come out of the AFC to win the Super Bowl. Like it's all right back to KC. And I feel like you and I both last episode were like, oh, fucking Chiefs again, man. Here we are. 
Now, their defense is kind of like, eh, but their offense is good enough. We all know what Andy Reid does off the bye. He's been great his whole career. Here's another game. I think they kick the Jags' ass. Like, Chiefs, Chiefs win by 13. That's my prediction right now. And I don't know if that's an ass kicking, but to me in the playoffs, you win by 13. It's a butt. Are kick. we going to go opposite on every pick? Because I, I, I'm wondering now with, okay, let's, that's interesting. And for the record, again, rooting for the Jags. Yeah. I, I want upsets rooting for the underdogs. So you're rooting for the giants. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. I'm rooting for the underdog in every game except the Cowboys game. <laughs> I just, the Cowboy, like, how can you root for the Cowboys? How can you? Like, how can anybody root for the Cowboys? Unless you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Or a guy living in uh, Laredo, Texas with giant jean shorts. Or a guy living in, you know, Denver, Colorado with giant jean shorts. Or fucking, you know, Delaware, which I should like the the, the, giant jean, the giant jean shorts Cowboys fan spreads across this country like Subway fucking franchises. Yeah, I bet I bet Cowboys fans like Subway. Uh, I, I bet you they fucking love it. I bet you they I bet you Cowboys fans stop at Subway on their way to the game so they can bring it in with them. Whatever happened to uh, speaking of Cowboys fans, you know, what I just thought of is uh, Jason Witten. Yeah. Bro, he just fell off. They tried him as an announcer. And then he went back to playing. And then he went back to just nothingness. Remember when they put the fake hair on him? Yeah. Like, just let the guy, this is let the guy live without his hair. Just let it, let him be him. Come on. All right. So the Bengals Bills game is your first game on Sunday. This line has not moved to five and a half. We, we already alluded to it earlier. We both would take Burrow over Josh Allen. I, I think what you said last episode, and I've seen a lot of people say this too. I think there's a lot to Burrow not having Dable this year. The Way more Allen. reckless. To Allen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah. I think it's been a huge difference. I think I think if the Bengals have a shot to have a shot this game, they got to get a couple turnovers. I just think the idea. I just think the idea that this game is five and a half is ludicrous. I'm taking the Bengals. Like to me, this is yeah. uh, I agree. Everything that's happened from the you know them being the two and the three seed, and this game has to be played in Buffalo, and the game that we went to, and the Hamlin thing, and all that. And I know I'm sure the Hamlin. Uh, Hamlin will be there, correct? And I'm sure Hamlin being that all that's probably a factor in Vegas's number and whatever. But like the idea that this isn't a close game, this is a somebody's kicking a field goal at the end of this game to win. Somebody's kicking a field goal at the end of this game to win. Yeah, I think you're right. And my thing is not even that I like the Chiefs better than either of these teams. I didn't coming into this playoff discussion before it started i said i like both of these teams more than the chiefs at this point but now we have all of this and they have to have this game and the tough both of them draw division opponents in the first round they've got to prep for division opponents tough games that shouldn't have been tough games now they go back to these this this 
historic rematch of a game that was never finished that should have been for the two seed or the one seed or the whatever now it's in buffalo there should have been coin flip should it be a neutral site oh, blah 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 blah, blah. hamlin blah, blah, blah. so much so much since the start of the playoffs meanwhile andy reed's just drawing mustaches on people while fucking this yeah. is happening you know do you think do you think and, and now hamlin's been showing up the team facility all week no word on he's going to be at the game or not. A hundred percent, he's going to be at the game. They'll do a huge thing on CBS beforehand. They'll show him. The crowd will go nuts. Does that help or hurt the team? Because because the reason I ask you, you would naturally want to say I think I think the fact it that helps, it's but but sometimes you get so high at first. I agree. I agree. And then you just fall flat. I agree. I think Vegas thinks it helps. That's the. I think it's the only reason they think it's the, that they have it at five and a half. Um. But I agree with you. I can see how it could hurt. Now, everybody like here in Cincinnati and, and actually everywhere is talking about all the O-line. They could be without three, o, you know, yeah. three, three normal stars. Yeah. Which, which. Yeah. But also, you know what? All that. And the Bills have been without Von Miller for how long now? And yeah. it's completely changed your defense. No, for sure. And, and what I was going to say was, guys, Burrow was sacked eight times last year in the division round. Yeah. Eight times. Like the reason I, would, I, I wouldn't make that a strategy. No, no, it's not. No, for sure. But the, the only, the reason, one of the reasons I give the nod to Burrow over Josh Allen right now, one, obviously, one is played in the Super Bowl and gone farther, but Burrow's just cooler in the pocket, man. You know, I, I trust him to make the right decision when he's under duress. And this is where Josh Allen, in my opinion, gets reckless. And Burrow is not going to force it. Last week, he didn't have much. What did he throw? 200 yards, one touchdown pass, no interceptions. He's like, dude, this is what it is. I'm not going to force it. I think Burrow has more Joe Montana tendencies as far as like the coolness, the calm, relaxed guy. He doesn't get rattled. And Allen, of course, has more of the Brett Favre. The highs are high, but the lows are, what are you doing, man? I hope it's a good game. I expect a good game. I think it's a good game. I think it's I think it's too good of a game. I think it's somebody wins on a field goal, and unfortunately, that is why I suddenly like the Chiefs so much more. It's just like these teams are going to have to go through so much. Yeah. Now, I sent you and Randy Ruther. A fun video the last time the Bengals played the Bills in the playoffs was 1989 when the Bengals made the Super Bowl. And the guy doing the video, the narrator, and the news anchor was Jerry Springer. Yeah, so funny. Former mayor turned star news anchor in Cincinnati turned talk show host, which the whole thing was just weird. Like they were panning in on some random Buffalo super fan who was cute where the eighties were wild. Andy, I'm, I'm pulling a, uh, I'm going to pull a, um, Andy Ruther with Roscoe right now. You're, you can talk about Jerry Springer in the Super Bowl just for two minutes. My mom has just landed in Vegas and I think she needs a talk for a second. I'm just yeah, going to mute myself. Touch your mom. Do, we'll two minutes on Jerry Springer. Take your, take your time. We have, then, we have one more game to cover because I yeah. really want to talk that one. But yeah. so I'm saying we'll talk about that game and we'll wrap this up. Yeah, so this video is great. It's Jerry Springer narrating the news segment 
for the Bengals Bills game. And for those of you who don't know, Jerry Springer was like the hit news anchor in Cincinnati growing up for me. I didn't even know he was the mayor because he was the mayor when I was like really, really young. I knew him as like the cool Channel 5 news anchor. And he would do an editorial commentary at the end of some of his segments. So the cameras would pan to him and he had like a little signature where they had his name and he'd do a talking point. And then the whole talk show thing happened. And even before that, when he was mayor, he had a check bounce on a prostitute. Can't make this up. So I guess he got a prostitute and he wrote her a check and it bounced. And that was when he was mayor. And then he turned news anchor and then talk show host. So Cincinnati's finest, Jerry Springer. I think this will be a fun game. But like I said, the DeMar Hamlin thing is a wild card, in my opinion, how the team plays off that emotion. Because you see it all the time where somebody gets so amped up and so turnt. And it's like Okay. And it's like a kid on sugar when you're great for 20 minutes and then you just collapse and then you want to take a nap. I, I think that might happen to the Bills if DeMar Hamlin shows up, and I'm assuming he will before the game, where they're so turned. And don't forget, the Bengals are going to be turned too. They're the team this happened against. I agree. I think this is a good game. I think we got a good game. All right. Our last game. Niners-Cowboys. Niners are four-point faves. Sunday night. Let me tell you something right now, Andy. I, I, I do a playoff bracket. Okay. Every year. My nephew does a playoff bracket every year. He's 10. Shout Deuce? out to Deuce. Yeah. Shout out to Deuce. A couple of years ago, might have been two years ago or last year, he almost won. The kid knows his football. He had the Bengals win in the Super Bowl. He had the Bengals win. Oh, yeah. It was last year. He had the Bengals win in the Super Bowl. Um, the kid knows his football. The kid knows his football. So this year, we both fill out the brackets. I fill out his for him. I, I make him pick the teams. We both had the same first round. We both had Chargers winning. Okay. In the second round, we had two differences. I had Chargers beating the Chiefs. Obviously, that's not going to be right. He had Chiefs beating the Chargers. So that. I had Giants beating the Eagles. He has Eagles beating the Giants. Okay. We both have the same Super Bowl. Bills, Niners. He has Niners winning. I have Bills winning. I wish I could trade with my nephew right now. I wish I had Chiefs winning this weekend. I wish I had Niners winning the Super Bowl. I came into this thing thinking the Chiefs were going to get upset. Obviously, I got stalied. You know, uh, I think he went the safe route. You should have seen his face when he had to pick the Eagles over the Giants. He believed, he was like, I want to pick them. He, he almost didn't want to. He said to my brother, because we were on FaceTime doing, he goes, are you going to be mad at me if I pick the Eagles? My brother's like, pick whoever you want. That's hilarious. Um, now, I, I picked the Giants to beat the Eagles because you know how these brackets go. You got to pick up. You got to pick a strange one somewhere. Sure. The Eagles, the Giants beating the Eagles was the same as my Chargers beating the Chiefs. It's like. Everybody's going to come down to Chiefs or Bills or Bengals versus Niners or Eagles in the Super Bowl, you know? So you have to have, you know, if you have a Bills-Niners Super Bowl, you better have a couple upsets along the way. 
But right now, if I could swap with my nephew and have a Niners Super Bowl win and a Chiefs this weekend, I'd do it in a fucking heartbeat. Because I think this Niners team is the best team still playing. Overall. And do you remember how... Do you remember, hold, on, hold on. You think they're yes. better than any AFC teams? Yes. Interesting. And do you remember mid the middle of the season, I was talking about, I don't give a shit. Come playoff time, it's going to be one of these three. It's going to be Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, and they'll murder whoever comes out of the NFC. So here's Dude, my thing. This Niners team is really good. They have the best defense. I know. I'm, and look, they have the most explosive offense. I'm just waiting, though. It the look, guys. I could be wrong. The pretty awful game is going to happen. When next I don't season? Know. I think it's going to. They don't happen. even need him to do much. I know, especially not in the NFC. Like they don't need him to do that much against the Cowboys. I know. I just think the three turnover game is going to happen. And and let me ask you something, Andy. Let me ask you something, okay? You have one million. I give. I'm going to give you one million dollars, right? And you again. This is we we do this all the time. You can spread it out however you want. You can go 50-50. But if you go 50-50, you you know you equal that. You can go 60-40 on somebody. You can go 70-30 on somebody. You go 80-20. You go 100 on zero. If I gave you a million dollars and said you you can split it however you want, one of the quarterbacks in this game will have three turnovers. Who are you putting their money on? You're putting it 80% on Brock Purdy and 20% on Dak no, Prescott? No. I, what are you putting it? I go 50-50. Well, 50-50 makes you no money. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. So, so, so hear me out on this. Hear who do you think this. has a better chance of having three turnovers in this game? Dak or Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy. I think that's insane. I knew you would say that. I knew you would say that. I Look, look dude, it's an odds game for me. And, and I'm telling you. An odds game? An odds game is that Dak Prescott has fucking two, toner, two, two turnovers every game of the season. I know he does. That's what I'm saying. Brock's do. I think Brock's. Here's the thing. I, I, I want to I bring up what you just said. Think about this. This, this is the Jared oh, 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 oh. Goff with Big Vay. Don't even make a pass if you think it's fucking suspect. Hold on a second, though. That's what I want to get to. You're telling me, because you're talking about the Niners over the AFC, whoever it is. You're telling me. Just think about this, Joe. Brock Purdy is going to win a Super Bowl. Everyone, everyone think about this. You're telling me Brock Purdy is going to win a Super Bowl over Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, or Josh Allen. No fucking way. You heard it here right now. There is no way Brock Purdy is going to win a Super Bowl over one of those three you're, guys. You, you know what, Andy? You're 100% right. Brock Purdy's not going to win a Super Bowl over one of those guys. The defense, the head coach, the offensive line, the weapons. Brock Purdy is the last most important piece on this Niners team. Patrick Mahomes is the first most important piece on the Chiefs. And, and then there's a fucking Grand Canyon of a gap between the next most important player. I know, but I also know this. When you come down to the Super Bowl and these drives, you have to make a play. Like it, We saw, I don't know if you remember, Jimmy G missed 
a couple throws, and that's Super Bowl against the Chiefs. And and one, I believe somebody was wide open. I, I forget the play that he could not miss, and that game's over. I just all I'm saying is I just can't see, and that's why I'm saying Brock Purdy. You're telling me second year Jesus freak. Let's ride fake handshake guy is going to beat Peyton Manning in a Super Bowl. They had an all time defense. I know they had an all time defense, but they beat the shit out of them. They did. Here's the thing I think this Niners team is the best team left. And also, see, I don't. If, and also, if they win the Super Bowl, of course. He should not get $40 million a year. Of course, he should not start fucking a pop star. Of course, he shouldn't be doing subway commercials. Of course, we shouldn't have 10,000 word think pieces on the arc of his deep ball. Of course, Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey shouldn't have fucking think pieces about how they're not even really good weapons and how he carries them. Of course, none of those things should happen. This team is just really fucking good and no, they are really fucking well. They are good and 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 they're coached well and they're run efficiently. By the way, if they won a Super Bowl, I don't know where that puts the Niners at all with Trey Lance and everything. It's like <clears throat> but I guess go to that path, you know, you know, when whenever that path happens, I should say, then you have to that's when you have to figure it out. I don't know, Joe. I look, I I hope this I, I want a good game because I like good games. I don't know why I'm doing this. There's a part of me that thinks that Dak is terrifying because he's so turnover prone. And I don't really put too much into the Bucs game because the Bucs were bad. Just a fraudulent team that only could score. Did I pick 18. the did I pick the Cowboys to win? Against the Bucs? Did I pick the Cowboys to win and cover against the Bucs? Yeah, yeah, I did. Are the Cowboys going to make an NFC championship? I don't I believe they have not made one since 1995. All right, I'm gonna do it. It's weird because I like the Niners a lot too. I don't know what's going on with me. I just the part of me again. I just keep thinking like, is this the game? Purdy has some awful mistakes. I don't know if the Cowboys win. I think they cover the spread, and I think it's a good game. I I think the the, the Niners win and cover. I think the Niners win and cover because it's in San Francisco. I think the Niners win and cover because their defense is so fucking good. I think the Niners win and cover because the the Niners scheme offensively so well that Micah Parsons just gets like they just run away from him and chip him and and decoy him and whatever. Um, because he's a game wrecker, no doubt about it. And he gives them an absolute fighting chance. But I just think so many weapons. Debo in the backfield and McCaffrey at wide out. Why McCaffrey in the backfield and Debo at wide out? F fucking uh, George Kittle in the 
backfield and both of them at wide. It's so they're so dynamic offensively. They're so dynamic offensively and they have the best defense. Yeah, no, I know. I know what you're saying. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is like Tom Brady 2.0, the guy coming in. It doesn't matter. He's just going to manage his team to a Super Bowl win. I don't know. I don't know why it's so tough for me. I just think it's uh, it's just like, when's it going to happen? Or you're right. They Jared Goff game plan. Hey, we'll set you up so you don't have to do the three turnovers, the two interception games. They don't want post-Super Bowl Russell Wilson. They want pre-Super Bowl Russell Wilson. So that's what Brock Purdy is. Yeah. Okay. It'll be a fun game. Dude, my, shut the hell. Dude, this Siri is going off on my phone. Well, your mother is here. Let's wrap it. Excuse me. My mother's there. You know what I mean? She's yeah. in, she, she's <laughs> she's in Las Vegas. Go enjoy time with her. Follow us. Thank on you. Social the dirty sports. 310-359-8365. That's our hotline. I'm at Joe Prater on all social media, specifically TikTok. I by the way, I know um I've I've done this before in the past with like I think I did when we were I had Harry sponsors, razors and Snapchat or whatever. But here's what I want, because this is really, again, about me changing the minds, not not even changing. I just kind of trolling the Swifties. If you have a Swiftie in your life, a wife, a girlfriend, a sister, a friend. If you if you send me evidence of you, maybe a a text thread or a, a TikTok DM thread of you sharing the uh Taylor Swift bit to a Swifty in your life and there I'm what I can only expect is angry curse filled reply middle finger emojis screaming emojis blocked emojis uh if you send me that I will follow you on the social media of your choice TikTok Instagram Twitter whatever you want uh I'm trying to spread the good word go on TikTok share my uh Taylor Swift thing like it Comment on it and share it with a Swifty in your life. Follow me on all social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter. I'm at Fix Your Life. I am at the Comedy Cellar in Vegas all week. Dead Crow Comedy Room in Wilmington, North Carolina, next Friday and Saturday. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Two shows up in San Francisco for Sketchfest the following weekend. And then on and on and on. All my shows at JoePrano.com forward slash shows. Cool. All right, guys. That's our show. Much love for all the support. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. And as always, stay dirty.